What's good, Chiefs Kingdom? You know what time it is. It's our week four matchup against the New York Jets preview episode, Sunday night football, and we got some mailback questions to answer. It's going to be a good one today, Chiefs Kingdom, so get ready. Welcome to the Keem Connect podcast. This is a Kansas City Chiefs podcast. You're with your host, producer Eric Lepartis. Again, welcome to Keem Connect. It's a week four preview episode against the New York Jets. Sunday night football. It's going to be an electric crowd. Um, cats out of the bag. You guys obviously should know by now. Uh, it's been sourced uh, that Taylor Swift's going to be attending the game to support Travis Kelsey. So we all know it's going to be a crazy crowd because there's going to be people there not just really watching the game, really just in hopes of seeing her. Um, I was listening to this podcast the other day, and I know I'm kind of veering off, and we're just now starting the episode. I'm, we're going to get to the episode, and I'm not trying to veer off too much. But <clears throat> this lady said, I bought tickets to the Jets Chiefs games and I'm Chiefs game, and I'm a Pittsburgh Steelers fan. So she's not even a fan of either of these teams the Jets or the Chiefs. She bought tickets in hopes of seeing, in hopes of a possibility that she'd be there. Well, then it was just reported a day ago that she is going to be there. So that girl ended up being lucky. Now, if it was a lie, then that sucks, but whatever. All right, let's actually get on with the episode. We'll kind of give an update on the whole relationship stuff, but we know this is not a, a love dating podcast. This is a can't see Chiefs podcast. We're here to talk football. And we have a week four matchup against the New York Jets at MetLife Stadium. Um, I don't even know why I just sounded like that, but <clears throat> it, it should be a good game. Uh, one of those games where it's going to be a, a challenge for our offense and our defense should take care of business just because of the quarterback play. Um, it's been pretty unfortunate that we've never been able to get an Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes uh, matchup with Aaron Rodgers, you know, getting uh, COVID in 21. And then in 2019, Pat uh, uh, twisted his knee or uh, dislocated his kneecap, I should say. And, um, and then now on uh, his first drive as a New York jet, he blows his Achilles. Aaron Rodgers does. So now they're stuck with uh, Zach Wilson again, which that's uh, that's been a whole mess just with the media with them. And, you know, Zach Wilson's taking heat from fans, from the media. And, you know, Salah's backing him up. And Salah's like, no, we're sticking with him. It's just it, it's it's one of those things where they they didn't have a backup plan. I know they wanted to roll with Zach Wilson because they thought maybe Zach Wilson could learn under, you know, Aaron Rodgers. But clearly there is somebody that still needs to be there. And I don't know what that is. You know, I 
I don't like I'm not saying I feel bad for the guy because, you know, he's an NFL player like you have to you have to hold yourself accountable and you have to be able to learn and adapt and play well. That's just why you're in the business. <clears throat> but it, it's just it's unfortunate that I, I really wish we would have gotten a State Farm uh, game, but that's just probably never going to happen unless we end up, you know, playing the Jets again next year or the year after, depending on how long Rodgers still has in the league. But I don't know. It's 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 going to be one of those it's going to be one of those situations. Like I said, it's going to be a challenge for the offense because their defense is really good. The New York Jets' defense is good. And um, our defense should take care of business against their against their offense. And it's going to be more from stopping the run. You, you're not you, you want you want Zach Wilson to beat you, which he's not, because he hasn't shown to do that all year round. And I, I don't. And granted, like I said, I I don't feel bad for him, but I do believe that the team has not done right by his side since he's been drafted. Now I know they gave him, uh, you know, they gave him uh, what Garrett Wilson a year ago, and you know he ended up getting hurt, like the like what missed like a little bit of the before the season and stuff like that because he, you know, got injured in preseason or did something. It, it just, I don't know. It was a bad pick. It's one of those situations where they need to look themselves in the mirror, in my opinion, and they need to be San Francisco and admit their wrongs admit that they they bought into something that they shouldn't have bought into and they they picked a player that's just not capable of getting over the obstacles because even even so there are some quarterbacks that can overcome some things now i'm not saying that you know you 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 are a product of your environment no matter what and or I should say with when it comes to athletes, if they're drafted in a bad situations and technically I call them a casualty of their of their environment, because ultimately they have to be they have to be the best. And for what when it's not it's not going to convert to wins. So but at the same time, he's not he's just not he hasn't produced. He hasn't been talented. He's one of the worst. He's literally the like I would say he's probably the worst quarterback in the league right now. The dude can't get past Duke can't get past the 50 yard line. And again, I'm not saying the play calling for them has been great. It's it's been kind of ass. And you got you got Nathaniel Hackett and he's. It's just like you looking at the way like I I was watching a little bit, they're all 22 and it's just like they don't have an identity. They're just running random ass plays. It's like I don't want to compare it to Madden, but it's like you're just doing Madden's picks or whatever or um you know or whatever you whatever all you used to choose um I guess I guess I can't think of what it, what the terminology is at the moment, but it's like when you're playing Madden and you let Madden pick the play for you. So, um, basically, it's just random. It, it's it's run maybe a wide receiver screen, and then you're gonna run an RPO, and then you're gonna you know run some go routes. It's just 
it's just all random shit. And I don't know if maybe they've they had her scrap a lot of things because of uh Aaron Rodgers being hurt, and maybe that is the case. But at the same time, I just I don't know. I just personally I think that it's the Jets and I think it's also Zach Wilson. It's it's the combination. And that's why they are in the position they are. Now, they wouldn't be if Aaron Rodgers was still still uh <clears throat> was still healthy. But if they had a competent backup and not some 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 you know guy that they're trying to still develop or they think they think is developed or is going to develop or whatever it it, it just I don't understand. I don't get it. But that's just kind of been the New York Jets' MO. They're, they've done things that you just don't understand in moments. And, you know, I like Salah. I think he's a I, – I, he was a great defensive coordinator in, um, in San Francisco. He was a linebacker's coach in Seattle when they were in their Super Bowl runs and uh, working under um, – working under uh, Gus Bradley before Dan Quinn took over for Gus Bradley. And Sala ends up getting ahead, ends up going to uh, San Francisco with uh, Shanahan and getting the defensive coordinator job. And he did well with them for what, like three years, three, four years had that, had that defense legit, like top, like top three, I should say every, every, all, all the years. And, Except when they played us, it was just different. They just that was different. You know, Super Bowl, they were challenging, you know, picked off Mahomes twice, you know, in certain situations, but we overcame it. And but Sala, you know, at the same time, he ended up getting the New York Jets head coaching job because of his great defensive uh coordinating. And, you know, it's it's been kind of shown recently over the years that DCs have not been successful at head coaching jobs. It just, I think with it being an offensive league too, now that's not always the case because look at Hackett. You brought Hackett, who was an OC for Aaron Rodgers, two MVP runs and wins, and then he goes and works with Russ for a year, and it's a disaster, which which Sean Payton's not doing any better. It's, a, it's still a disaster over there, but still. Before I get too deep into this episode, one thing that I wanted to uh, bring up that I completely forgot on the last episode, and I, you know, I, I was honestly just going to move on from it because it, it doesn't matter because uh, we're on to a new week, but I just don't think it's fair uh, to not um, give the grades out and the game ball. <clears throat> and the game grade that I gave for the Bears game was A+. Plus. Of course, you, you have to give it an A+. Plus. And because it was perfect offense, perfect defense, perfect special teams. All three of those all showed up, and that's why we took care of business and handled it the way we did. Now, I don't, I don't care if it was against the Bears. You have all three phases, play it, lights out, do their jobs and what they're supposed to. It's nine, 98% chance you're going to win, 97% chance you're going to win. And we didn't really, we didn't have any mistakes like that. I, mean, I think we, I didn't think Pat, we didn't, Pat didn't, Pat didn't, I'm not going to go back in the game. It doesn't matter. 
Doesn't matter. That game didn't matter. But basically, it was mistake-free football for the most part. A-plus game. And I'm giving the game ball to Trent McDuffie because dude's been balling out. And he had a phenomenal game, got forced a turnover, had like three PBUs in the game. He was just sticky coverage all all game. It's just that's that's who Trent McDuffie is. And I'm I'm here for it. All right. Let's look at the uh injury reports real quick. I want to get through those. Um <clears throat> Chiefs injury reports. All right, so. All right, we have uh, Noah Gray. On our injury report, we have Noah Gray, Nick Bolton, Chris Jones, Kadarius Tony, Mike Edwards, Pat, Brian Cook, Willie Gay, Nick Jones, Isaiah Pacheco, Donovan Smith, Legarius Sneed, Jalen Watson, Justin Watson. And uh, for today's practice, um, Noah Gray, he had an illness, did not practice. Nick Bolton, ankle, did not practice. Chris Jones, groin, limited practice. Kadarius Tony, uh, toe, limited practice. Mike Edwards, bicep, full practice. And uh, Patrick Mahomes, ankle, full practice. And Brian Cook, Willie Gay, Nick Jones, Isaiah Pacheco, Donovan Smith, LeJarius, Jalen Watson, Justin Watson. All those guys were uh, full practice. And, um, <clears throat> or sorry, uh, one per I, I shouldn't have said just all of them were full practice. The one guy that was limited practice was Donovan Smith, and he has rib, and uh, the did not pra- other did not practice was Jalen Watson, and he has a shoulder and or like shoulder injury. And as far as the New York Jets goes, they have uh, Tony Adams, Wes Schweizer, Mackay Becton, Brees Hall, Greg Zerline, Michael Clemens. And the the two guys that didn't practice were Tony Adams, Wes Schweitzer, and um, the full practices were Kai Becton, Brees Hall, and Greg Zerline. And then Michael Clemens, it did not – it just looked scratched. It didn't really have a thing down for him. So that's the injury – that's the injury uh, report right now. Uh, Noah Gray's uh, ill, so whatever he's dealing with, I hope he's getting through it and stuff, get help – healthy recovered there's been sicknesses kind of going around <clears throat> lately so and i think travis i think travis did mention that or someone mentioned that uh recently on on somewhere there's been like kind of a sickness going around in the locker room i can't remember if i listened to that on a pod or whatever but let's look at the new york jets um dev chart real quick let's take a look at that So, you know, they're rolling with Zach Wilson at quarterback, and it's he's him. That's just he's not as in like I'm saying that he's him as in a positive thing. He's him as in like as whatever. Um, they have Brees Hall is probably the best thing they got going on right now in that offense. I mean, Dalvin Cook's been all right, but Brees Hall's the the mo that that true running back, but he I don't know, man. I just I feel like Brees Hall is also one of those players that's also kind of like nah about his situation because you know he he didn't really get he didn't really get a lot of uh you know he didn't really get a lot of carries last game and that was kind of shocking. <clears throat> Tyler Conklin's their uh, tight end. Uh, he's a mid tight end in my opinion, um, and then their right tackles Elijah Vera Tucker. 
he's all right. Um, Connor McGovern's all right, and Mackay Becton. The thing about Mackay Becton, he's been dealing with a lot of injuries. Now I will say, Lake Lake and Tomlinson's been uh, he's been awful, and McGovern's been is he's he's been good in the past, but he's he hasn't been good, you know, this year. And again, and maybe that's just it. It just could be some cadences issues with you know Wilson versus um, Rogers. It, it, there's just a lot of stuff going on right now with that offense, and it's it's just because the the when you have a quarterback like that, it, you just can't run it. You just can't run it completely. And I and I see what Dan Orlovsky or yeah or Vlosky said today on uh when he said on get up, I believe, and said that the 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 Jets got to stop coddling him. That's why he's having issues because they're holding him back so much. And and maybe and maybe that's that's very well true that they are holding him back way too much. But at the same time, like I said, you got you got to be able to execute the offense that is presented in front of you. And the dude's just not seeing the field. I have Garrett Wilson on one of my fantasy teams. And if he's supposed to be your number one receiver and I'm not playing him and he was one of the best receivers in the league and he's on my bench, that says something. Because you know why? I don't trust your quarterback. Your quarterback's not going to throw the ball to you. So that's and that's the another thing why a lot of people have had issues with uh, him because he just can't move the ball. He can't move the ball down the field. Um, they got CJ Uzama, who's again another mid tight end. He came over from Cincinnati. <clears throat> um, on their defense, which is the the best thing that that's going on for them right now, I love their defensive line. Uh, with uh Quentin Williams, Quentin Jefferson, um, uh, Qu- uh, Jermaine Jermaine Johnson's been all right. The thing about Jermaine Johnson to me. And last year's draft, 22 draft, he got a lot of hype. And I, I thought we were going to draft him for some reason, but we didn't. The The Jets end up taking him, and he's been all right. I mean, he's been getting pressure. He's just, he's just one of those guys that just you'll see him for one half, and then he's completely gone for the next half. And that's and that and then that half that he's showing, he's he's getting the pressure, but he's just not getting the quarterback and. Um, I'm not saying that sacks are everything. We obviously want pressures. We want to, you know, make it hard, still hard on the quarterback, even though trying to throw, but still. And Quinn uh, Williams is their best defensive lineman, and uh, hands down, he is. That's just what it is. That's why he got paid the big bucks in the off season. Um, he, he's got. I'm. He's not Chris Jones, but that's that's a player that he pl- essentially tries to play like. You know, that that just that big defensive tackle that's just that can take on all the double teams, triple teams. You know, he's he's a little bit taller. See, the thing about Aaron, uh, uh, Aaron Donald and himself, he's smaller, but he's more compact. So he has more power from his base and, you know, and and how, you know, his in his hips because of how you know shorter he is compared to most defensive tackles. Whereas you got guys like Chris Jones and Quentin Williams who are taller, but Chris Jones is still better than uh, Quentin Williams, and that's just what it is. Um, and Carl Lawson, Carl Lawson's all right. He's been, he's been all right, um, but same time, uh, it's it's one of those things where they they are they feed off how it's just how their uh, pressure schemes are drawn up, really. 
because they the guys that they have on here, like you know John Franklin Myers, and you know they got um who else? they got Will McDonald too. Like how these guys are drawn up, it it just all depends, and it's it's all matchup base. And they haven't really played like super strong. I mean, the Bills, the Bills, uh, offensive line. The only reason why that was a disaster because Josh Allen was playing like Duke, but whatever. Looking in their uh, defensive, uh, or so, so I'm gonna skip over the linebackers. Shouldn't skip over the linebackers. Uh, they have uh, Quincy Williams, who's the brother of Quentin Williams. That's pretty cool. You you know you get to play right with your brother. Him and uh, C.J. Mosley pretty much uh, man that middle. And C.J. Mosley, I I thought Nick Bolton, in my opinion, had a better year than him last year. But apparently, C.J. Mosley to the league is still a Pro Bowler. And what like I th- think they gave him. I I hope they didn't give him second team All Pro. I would have been pissed if they did. I can't remember if they did. I know he at least got the Pro Bowl, which he shouldn't have over Nick Bolton. But whatever. Um. Th- even with me saying that, though, he's still a good linebacker. I just thought Nick Bolton had a better year than him last year. But him and uh, Quinnen, uh, they man that uh, middle. They they run pretty much 4-3, uh, 4-2-5, nickel base um, system, like most uh, defensive uh, coordinators do in this league. And Jordan Whitehead's been amazing. He's been an amazing addition for them the moment they brought him over a year ago. When he had three picks in the first game, it was just ridiculous. You know, Sauce Gardner, we all know who he is uh, as a corner. Now, I will say the start, his rookie year, the start that he's had to his rookie year was a lot stronger his rookie year compared to his his start this year. He's not a bad corner. He's just not – he's still playing who he is. It's just he's not as strong. Like, he's gotten beat on a few plays, whereas last year you just didn't see nobody get around him at all and catch on him. So, um, DJ Reed, he's their other uh, corner, came over from Seattle. He's a a good number two corner. And they have Michael Carter. Oh, excuse me. They have Michael Carter as their, um, uh, their nickel. So they, you know, they do a lot of rotations in their secondary. They run a lot of mixed coverages too. But uh, the biggest thing is their pass rush. You just, you just got to really neutralize that pass rush. And I, we have the offensive line to do that. I'm not 100 percent worried too much about blocking them up front. But they're, but I will say their defense is the strongest pinpoint. And I'm not saying they aren't going to give us hard times, but I still think we can block them pretty well up front. Now it is the Sunday night crew of Collingsworth and Mike Trico. They they will most definitely point out the the uh, the take you know early the early jumping or whatever even though he's timing it correctly every single time in the misalignment they're gonna bitch about it and complain about it. Now I hope with Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes talking earlier in the uh, podium about it and basically saying like hey like. It, when you see, you know, Patrick saying, when you see, when I watch film, I see other guys do it around the league and they're not getting called. And then Andy Reid's like, hey, you know, you've proved your point, you know, make sure you're calling it for everybody else. You know how, why they, why he said that? Because if you notice in the game, why they took Jawan Taylor out, they wanted to see something. They wanted to test something out. They brought in another, t- they brought in a Prince 
Tega Wanagu, even though he's 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 technically I think he's hurt. Yeah, he's hurt right now. Um, they brought they brought in uh Prince, and he was they told and he was lined up the exact same way that Juwan Taylor was lined up. And they didn't call a flag whatsoever. They didn't call a flag, and I think that's a load of horse shit. That is a bunch of BS. So you're mean to tell me you're gonna single out one guy out of the league because you had two commentators notify it all night long, and yet you're not gonna call. I've seen, I've seen, I've watched a lot of all 22 all, all the, throughout the week. I've seen a lot of teams and a lot of offensive linemen are misaligned, and refs aren't saying shit. I don't give a damn if we're a team that's always gonna be in prime time. If you're gonna make a rule, then enforce it don't we're not going to sit there and play patty cake around it like oh well you should only call it for this team you should only call it in this circumstance or it's going back to the point of you know the the super bowl and how we went back to you know when people were saying well you shouldn't have called the well you shouldn't have called the penalty at that time doesn't matter it's a penalty a penalty is a penalty if not then don't call it then if not then don't call it at all if you're not going to call it for everybody then do not call it at all that's that is legitimately what it should be. Now I know that's not how the league runs. The league is run by human beings who have all con- who have conscious mindsets, and that at the end of the day, they're going to make decisions that they see fit, whether they don't think whether it's it not might not be fair to somebody else. And unfortunately, that's just the the circumstances of the rule, and I think it's a bunch of bullshit. And I I hope that they do not talk about it whatsoever, but I, I I honestly think they will because that's just who Collinsworth is. He can't stop, and I just hope that it doesn't become an issue uh, to the point where we're having to pull Jawan Taylor again because um, that kills a player's confidence. And he's been playing extremely well. The the blocking's fine. It's just the penalties with the the misalignment and the false starts. And even though I think he's timing the, the snaps perfectly, it's you just you you just wish that the the misalignment wasn't a thing because other other players are doing it too, and so that's just that's just what it's kind of coming down to at the situation. And I'm glad that Andy doubled down and Pat doubled down, and and Andy Reid's most likely going to get a fine. Anytime a coach like says anything against uh, coaching, uh, well, I wouldn't say coaching, but anything against like the league or anything with the refs. Um, you're, you're going to get fine. That's just, you, you just can't even whether you're right or wrong. Um, they won't allow it. But a- again, Andy Reid doesn't give a damn. He doesn't give a shit. And I'm glad that he doesn't give a shit. Um, because he, he's just like, I'm going to take this fine to put my foot down that, Hey, you need to, you need to chill the hell out with this and figure it out correctly. And he's part of the competition. He's part of the competition community committee. So he 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 gets a lot of say into these rules and what how things go down. So that was the that was one thing that I I would love to see. Now, as far as our, our running game goes, our running backs, uh, I'll get more back into the offensive line. But uh, I'm gonna start with the running backs. You know the the whole running the whole running back by committee thing. Um, that's kind of how Andy rolls and uh, it looks like, you know, that's what they're going to do again. And they're going to try to roll with all three of the running backs and try to rotate those guys. And um, I Pacheco's going to get most of the staffs, but that's just what it is. And you'll have uh, Clyde and uh, McKinnon at the goal line pretty much. 
and you're gonna have you're gonna have Pacheco just you're gonna have Pacheco be the workhorse to get down the field. And if he scores in the process, cool. Um, and they're gonna obviously give him goal goal line runs, but he's gonna be pretty much that workhorse moving them down the chains, and they're gonna let Clyde and um McKinnon work out in space and have more of the pat be more effective in the pass game. Um so I'm expecting a lot from our running backs because Pat's going to need them because he's going to have to get the ball out of his hands quick due to the due to the pass rush and um uh just make sure you know just holding on to the ball and uh, following the blocks and uh, reading the holes and and also you know make sure that you're calling the right place for them you know don't put them in the bad positions calling these stupid outside zone runs that just don't make sense for this team. So run up field, you know, get a little screen game in there, um, miss little misdirection, and you'll be you'll be solid. So I I I believe the running backs are you know should be heavily used in this game. I should say. All right, Chase Kingdom. When we get back, we're gonna go ahead and finish up with this preview episode. good chiefs kingdom if you guys like this podcast and like what you're listening to i want you guys to go ahead and give it a five star rating and a good review you can find this podcast on all your major audio platforms whether that's apple Podcasts or spotify um, you guys can go ahead and follow the podcast only on instagram and that's at kingdom connect and then you guys can follow me personally on instagram and twitter at big ekc that's big ekc And like I said, go ahead and give this podcast a five-star rating and a really great review. I appreciate you all. What's good, Chiefs Kingdom? Here's a little tidbit that I accidentally forgot to throw in the episode, but I wanted to go back and re-record this and actually give a little shout-out to what I'm about to tell you guys. Um what uh Taylor Swift actually brought to Travis Kelsey from like a business perspective. Um, his jersey sales went up 400%. That was nice to see. I think if you go on there and you look at the women's sizes, I think you can only get like 2XL at this point. Uh, his social media gained like 300,000 followers, so I'm sure he appreciated that in a way. His podcast uh, with his brother, New Heights, is not only the it's not only the number one sports podcast, it's the number one podcast in the world because it's getting viewed by, you know, People that, you know, never cared about lick of sports for the most part, but they've always been Taylor Swift fans, but they're there to learn learn about the sport. So um, that's 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 cool for them and their business and in that aspect and, you know, getting put on the map that way. Um, also, that the Chiefs Bears game was the most viewed uh, Sunday game in a long, long time. Um, millions of people. I can't even remember how many millions it was, but it was a ridiculous number. But um I know I kind of briefly talked about some of the relationship stuff of what's been going on in the actual episode, but I didn't really mention the business side and what the positivity and what she actually, uh, what that part was brought uh, to it with the with the jersey sales spike and um, the social media following and you know viewership and I'm sure it's going to be even crazier this Sunday night when it's uh, um, when she's there. So yeah, that's that's going to be wild. All right, Chiefs Cannon, we'll, let's get back to the episode.
All right, Chiefs Kingdom, we are back. Um, so we just got done talking about the running backs for a brief second. Um, the receiving core, you know, it's going to be, you know, hot hands, you know, just get open, you know, find the open hole, find the open lane. So Pat can feed it to you. I, I honestly think Rasheed Rice is probably going to be the guy that's going to get fed a lot because he's the one guy who's been showing why we drafted him in the second round. I I know a lot of people are kind of like figuring out what's wrong with Justin uh, Justin Ross. I think what we're seeing right right here is we we wanted to keep him because we need the we need the depth probably the special teams and you know we saw the abilities in preseason but it just hasn't came to you know they threw a pass to him he just dropped he he got broken up in the first play and i can tell there are some there are some plays where he he can't he doesn't get find the separation he doesn't you know find the the open lane in the zone and you know, if you can't do those things, you're not going to really get fed or you're not going to really play as much because we need guys to get open and so Pat can get get the ball to you. And it seems like right now the guys that have been, you know, heavily used is Rasheed Rice, obviously Trav the last few weeks, and Sky Moore. And Kadarius Tony was in the Jacksonville game, but he had the, the one catch in the, the uh, Bears game, and he was pretty much done after that. So... I, I don't know I don't know what's uh, gonna be how the rotation's gonna be but it's gonna be the hot hand uh, with with Swift being there I I just can imagine uh, Patrick's gonna try to feed Kelsey as much but I can also see the New York Jets well every team is like this but I uh, you know it's it's pretty much every team's game plan it just never works is that they're really gonna try to this neutral get completely removed Travis from the game because they're like hey we know what's going on here we know the hype that's going around we don't want the extra motivation we don't want none of that so the Jets are going to try to find whatever they can do to stop Travis Kelsey it's it's not a tall it's not an easy task to do there's only been one guy that I will admit that I would say that is legitimately shut shut Travis Kelsey down in a way to where he wasn't effective to really open up the offense. And that was, and that was Levante David. Now I will admit Levante David in the Super Bowl 55, Levante David held him a lot, but I also understand some crews just with tight ends and linebackers, you know, sometimes it can look more bang, bang, and they don't want to, you know, they, they, and, and I wasn't going to argue with anything, I'm not trying to bring that up, but I'm just saying like that was the one one player that I've actually seen truthfully give him enduring James, I should say, you know, but I've also seen a lot of plays where Travis Kelsey has also tore those guys up plenty of times, plenty of times. And they don't dominate Travis Kelsey all the time. It, there's like a once in a blue moon where they'll get him. But you know what? Travis Kelsey ends up finding a way to get into the end zone. That's just that's just who he is. You, you can't you can't you can't have a linebacker completely cover him one on one unless he's gonna hold him a little bit. And you, you can't have you can't have a safety cover him one on one because he's he's too big. 
and you have to have double teams around him. And it, even that's hard because the guy doesn't run a route. And that's the one thing that tra- what makes him so good because he he just he he knows the, how to work the field. And and it's all based off how the defense is aligned and how they're how they're what they're showing and how the the play is going. So pre-snap and uh post-snap or pre-snap and uh during during the play. So and he he just he he understands. He understands how to work the field and him and Patrick just had that connection. It's it was asked again, and Patrick's like, look, it it go it's been going pretty much since like the, the first Super Bowl run, like you know, it was just constant practice and just kind of understanding his his anticipation. And um, that's that to me, that is a chemistry that I, I would say is probably. If it's not the best, it's definitely top, top three, and it's definitely not three. And uh, best can like teammate connection with, you know, it. Tom Brady and Gronkowski had a connection, but like, come on, like it, it wasn't it like Gronk wasn't just running randomly out there and 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 Tom was just throwing it, throwing it casually that would look like he's throwing it into a bad area. But he knows Travis or Travis, he knows uh, Gronk's going to be there. No, that's just not the case. So dynamic duo, one of the best. In my opinion, top, top, top three, but looking at one and two, in my opinion, so I should just say top two. And that's just what it is. Now, we've been running a lot of 12, uh, 12 13 personnel, two, three tight end sets, and you love to see that. Um, I, I really want to see a game from Sky Moore. I don't know if they're going to – the opposite side offense, are gonna, they're going to try to feed a little bit of um, McCole Hardman to kind of get his – his game going because he has not done jack for the jets and i i don't know what what's going on with him there but yeah no it, um i i i really believe that we are going to just we're going to try to impose our will into that defense because that's the only thing you can do and honestly run the ball run the ball how do you neutralize a defensive line is running the ball and if we can run the ball effectively on that defensive line it they will have a hard time getting to Mahomes. And it's hard to get the Mahomes as is, but with with running the ball consistently and effectively, it's going to make things really, really difficult for them. And yeah, so um, no, I expect our you know tight ends to work the field and have a good game, especially Trav. And that, back onto the offensive line. Now, I know Donovan Smith is looking at his grades and stuff for PFF, and I try to take PFF with a grain of salt, but um, he uh, he hasn't been good. Now, it it doesn't really look that you know look that bad on tape, but there there has been plays where he's been bowled over. He has you know <clears throat> he has gotten uh, Pat pressured a little bit, but it's not. I don't think it's is it's not as bad as it's coming coming off, and that's what I think a lot of people are misconstruing on Donovan Smith. I think Donovan Smith will be fine. I think he's going to be fine in this offense. It's really the Juwan Taylor situation that we're all worried about because that's that's actually bringing that's actually bringing plays back. Now I'm not saying Donovan Smith's holding is hasn't ever happened, but yeah, 
Um, but the interior is going to dominate. They got to take take out Quentin Williams, run the ball effectively, and we'll be fine. And 15 should have a, another great night and win on Sunday night football. Um, um, now talking about our defense a little bit, uh, Spagnuolo, you already know he's going to bring the heat. He's going to mix up so many coverages and uh, bring it to uh, Zach Wilson. He's going to he's gonna make Zach Wilson's night a living hell because that is who Steve Spagnuolo is. And I think Steve Spagnuolo owns Nathaniel Hackett it, it, for the most part. He owns him. Like That's just... That's just what it is. And um, sorry, I got a, a email. Um, no, back on our defense. Now, looking at our defensive line, our defensive line is going to have to have a game because their offensive line is not as their offensive line is not as great. They have some pieces, but they're not as great. And we need to be able to get around them and get to Zach Wilson. So you can have plenty of guys back in the coverage. You can rush for, you know, Spags is going to blitz. That's just who he is. He can't help himself. He's going to he's going to throw blitzes out there. But I would like to see more from the front four as far as like just getting home. And we have we've we've been seeing some NASCAR and we're getting close. I mean, two more weeks after this and after that, we'll be up uh, Charles and suspension. He'll be back for the week seven game because he'll complete a six-week suspension but the, the nascar is going to go crazy in this game with chris jones moving all around and they're they're planning on upping his games even up, upping his games upping his uh snap percentage even though i don't know how that's going to play out with the with the whole groin but i do know that they wanted to up his snap percentage a little bit and and even if he's still a limited player and they keep him at where he was he's going to be a lot on the pass rush situations and downs He'll start the game, but he'll be in the pass rush situations mostly throughout. Uh, I expect things from Karloftis. I want to see a sack from FAU. If we can get a sack from FAU, a full sack, that'd be that'd be amazing. Um, but I think we're going to have a lot of sacks in this game. I I really believe so. That's just um, they're with the energy there, the how this defense has been playing. That's just what they want to build around. Um, and this, the secondary strong, the secondary in itself with how young they are, they have, they have made this defense also be, uh, go to another level. The reason why our, our front four has been able to get home too, is because the secondary is holding up very well, specifically Trent McDuffie. With Trent McDuffie playing the nickel spot, he's been pretty much like taking out like those secondary receivers, completely just eliminating him. And that's been allowing like Sneed to take care of um take care of uh double you know, double, getting double teams with uh with safety help and on to the number one or maybe another number three or whatever. Um, or since he's a bigger corner, they might put him on a tight end every now and then, but yeah, no. So that it, it's just so they can move Snead around um, in multiple ways because they they can trust McDuffie in that slot. And um, I don't know if we're gonna get uh, Josh Williams. I don't know if we're gonna get uh, Jalen Watson um, playing more. But uh, I know those guys have been doing all right. So I'm not I'm not too generally worried. 
Our safety's been playing well la- uh, last. Our safety's played well last last game specifically, really well. Uh, especially Justin Reed. I want Justin Reed to get a pick. Man, I really want that guy to get an interception. You know, he gets an interception, then I know a lot of people will stop talking about him. And that's just that's that's just how how this fan base works, unfortunately. Um, I think he's been fine. I think he's I think he's lived up to his contract for the most part. Um, he he hasn't been hor- he hasn't been bad. So I wouldn't say that, you know, that that plays into it or saying that he he hasn't lived up to his contract in that way he's done he's done his job yeah he's not getting he's not causing turnovers and yeah we want to see more of those but i want to see more of that from the entire secondary not just him the only guy on uh you know offense you're really gonna have to really worry about um is in reality it's it's garrett wilson take care of him and you know try to make randall cobb beat you uh Oh gosh, or what Alan Lazard, try to make Alan Lazard beat you. If you can even try to make those guys beat you, then you're in good hands. But again, Zach Wilson's not moving the ball down the field. That's just what the situation is. All right. I think I think we're gonna, you know, I think we're gonna win. I think we win 35. Seven. I'll give him a touchdown, and that's it. I think we win thirty-five. Now, I'll be a little more generous to them. I get. I think we win thirty-five thirteen. That's my. That's my score. Thirty-five thirteen. Um, and Mahomes has a good game. No issues. Uh, and he he carves that defense up. It, I think. I think he knows how to carve a solid defense up, but it, it's one of those things where. Um, if you, I'm trying to word this the correct way. If we run the ball effectively, Pat will carve that defense up with his arm. That's just, that's just what it's going to kind of come down to. All right, let's get on to our mailback questions and then we'll get up out of here. It was kind of a quick and easy episode today. Nothing too crazy. Um, been uh been really busy these last few days uh been thinking about a lot of things uh kind of like contemplating with what i'm going to do moving forward with the podcast and show so um we'll we'll get on with those things later on but uh let's get uh on these mailbag questions and we'll actually get out of here so all right person asked me uh will taylor be a distraction to the team no, I don't think so. If you listen to the New Heights podcast, I mean, Travis reiterated plenty that, hey, like, you know, I respect her privacy. That's all I want to do it. You know, I, I have I, I have a private life, too, and I want to keep that private. And that, that's just what it is. She's she's a great person. Awesome. Amazing person. He talked very highly of her and they had a good time at his after party. Um, I know there's a picture circling around about the. Uh, some TM the TMZ photo of them at the after party. I I know people are trying to say it's Brittany Mahomes. That's stupid. They're, that's just haters. That's that's dumb shit. Like if you're still hating on Brittany Mahomes as as of right now, you're dead in the water. You are on a, you are literally just dead in the water. Like that shit's that that that's dead. Get on somewhere. 
but it, it, they they hit it off. Uh, apparently, TMZ reported that they they hit it off at the party and they were fine. I'm I'm not again. I'm not trying to get too much into that, but I like the relationship. I respect the relationship. I'm happy for Travis. I want that man to be happy because I think when he's happy, no matter what, he balls out. So, and he doesn't need anybody to make him happy. I'm sure, but it seems like this is a very very happy time for him in a cool situation and um for him to be a part of and i'm again i i'm gonna go ahead and respect his situation and what he said he said he wanted to keep it private and i think that's all we what we should do but it, it can't happen with taylor swift having just her big of a popularity and she's willing to go to game football games like that and yes she's gonna draw a crowd for sure um and i think kelsey doesn't mind that because he just knows who she is so and I hope they work out. I really, really do. I really hope that it all works out for them both. And they look good together. All right, another one. Um, will this be, uh, is this defense a top five unit? Um, I believe so. I think they've, I honestly, now, okay, maybe top three is a little exaggerated. I'll give them top five. I think they've played like a top five unit. St- statistics. Says that right now they're probably 10, 11th, but I think they've played like a top five unit just based off like personnel, um, how, you know, youth and just, you know, how well the camaraderie and how they're working together and just obviously preventing team from scoring like that. So that that's that's the one thing that I that I that I'm that I believe when it comes to our defense I think it's a top five unit. So they remove the RPO out of the offense. Um, now I don't think they should remove it. I think what they should do is stop running more. They should don't run it as much because you're, you, when you run an RPO, it's a run pass option. So the quarterback has the option to run the ball, um, or, um, uh, uh, option. He has the option to throw, run the ball, or uh, pass the ball. And you already know what Pat wants to do most of the time. He's going to pass. And when we need to run the ball, if you call an RPO, you're giving Pat the option, and his in most of the time his instincts wants to wants to uh, throw the ball. But if you just called actual run plays, which they do, but I'm just saying if they if they just ignore the RPO in certain run situations, then in just actually legitimate called runs, you won't be in the situation to where Pat won't have a choice and you're just running the ball running the ball. You know, unless he audibles the play or audibles out of it, but I don't see why he would if it's a key running situation. Uh, thoughts on the uh, Denver beatdown from Miami? Oh gosh, that was horrible. That was that was ugly. Um, I, honestly, with the whole um, you know comments after the game and just he he really realized like, hey, I gotta I gotta worry about defense, man. And I'm like, dude, you hired Vance Joseph, dude. You you knew you're hiring a guy that has never beat Patrick Mahomes ever, ever, in any situation. Not not when he was head coaching the, the Denver Broncos. Now he's DCing for them years later. He didn't beat them when he was DCing for the Cardinals. 
He's never beat. He's never beaten us. So why are you hiring this guy? Didn't make any sense. So yeah, you got blown out seventy to twenty, and that's 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 ugly. That is ugly. And Garrett Bowles after the game, their left tackle says, "Man, I'm tired of losing. I've been here for seven years, and um, seven years, and I'm I'm consistently losing all the time." So. Um, and I know a lot of our fans wanted us to go up to 70. That, that was, that was a straight beat. And that was a straight, I'm going for your neck and I don't care. So yeah, that, <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't think, I don't think Andy got, has it in him to do that. I just really don't. He's just not like that. But you know what? The backups were scoring. So if the backups are scoring, it's not like, I mean, they're just doing their job. It's, that's just bad, 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 bad defense. <clears throat> How do I feel about Willie Gay's comments? Well, it, what I what I hated the most about uh, was people just snipping that one little pause that he did and rolling with that. And you don't you don't hear the whole segment. He said that, and then he he really said like, nah, like, you know, we we know we know who he is and stuff. I wasn't saying like like he went and it it did come across as like, yeah, like I I know that quarterback's bad. Like they're gonna run the ball. That's what they're gonna just do. And yes, we know deep down inside he feels that because that's why he kind of did the pause. But he went into context and said like, hey, blah 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 blah, you know about. Uh, uh, basically, you know, like, hey, Zach's a good dude and Zach's a good quarterback. You know, they're trying to put him in the best position. Just basically, like, kind of, like, backtracked a little bit. But people try to make it out into a big deal and saying that he was, like, talking mad shit. I'm like, dude, get over yourself. It is football. And it's not like the dude, like, just flat out said he was trash. He just said that they're going to try to rely on, the, rely on the run a lot because that's what their strength of their team is right now. And again, I might just be biased because it's Willie Gay, and I don't care that we're we're playing against the Jets. He didn't like, sure, whatever. Um, should the uh should the uh should the Chiefs start to use the tush push? Um, now if you can perfect it, the Eagles have a way of doing it, and some teams have tried to implement it, and they just can't do it. So if you can perfect it just like the Eagles, and sure, I would love for them to do tush push, but they 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 apparently that's with them and QB sneaks and types of QB sneaks that that will it's like it's it's like oil it's like oil and boiling water. You just you can't do it apparently. Um, how do uh what do you like most about uh Spags's coverage moderations now? He does a lot of he does a lot of different moderations of coverages. You are right. Um, most of what we see is a static cover two, um, but we've been seeing a lot of cover four, mixture of cover six. But he likes to show cover three, but he drops into those coverages. Um, but they're they're mostly you know zone, but they're they're zone to uh, they're they're basically zone to matching concepts where. You know, most defenders are going to you're going to drop into your space. But then if a receiver crosses your path, you're, you're following him. That's just what it's almost it's like a zone that converts into a man coverage, essentially. Um, 
and you can, I mean, you can have pressing out of zone coverages like a cover four um, with the press. You usually have your court, your corners press at that point instead of playing like quarterback or not quarterback, <laughs> playing uh, seven, seven, to, um, seven, to eight feet uh, back. You know, you know, doing a little bit of that that uh, trail technique or something like that, or like that outside shade, or I should say, with how the corners are defending. But uh, most of the time, they're going to have the man press and maybe have one guy play a little bit off. They're, they, you usually don't see that outside uh, type of coverage anymore. But um, cover four is just four, four deep, three underneath zone. And when we're running our four two five, it's the two linebackers and the nickel. And um, usually you have your, your two, your two, your strong and your free safety playing the deep. And then you have your uh both your corners playing seven seven eight feet back and um that's uh and they're playing which is the quarters right there they're playing the quarters of the coverage and uh you have your your middle linebacker which is usually whoever like nick bolton or it'll be drew tranquil i should say this sunday he's got the middle hook he's gonna he's basically dropping um into that middle read and he's going to match whoever crosses his hat. Usually that like that, that third receiver, your, your will, um, or in that case, the buck will be Willie. And he usually, he usually does like a seam, like a seam to flat, uh, technique where he'll, um, run up the seam and he'll drop to the flat, whatever, uh, you know, whatever action goes on to that area. He'd be, he runs up the seam, takes care of whatever on that. And then he becomes a flat defender and kind of the same with the nickel uh, on the other side. So that's kind of a cover for moderation. But, you know, Spags, that's just who he is. He runs a lot of those mixtures, and that's what's made him a well-respected defensive coordinator in this league. I wouldn't say like a highly, you know, great, great, great defensive coordinator. Like he's not like a, a Belichick type of a D.C., but, you know, he's won Super Bowls as a D.C., and he's the most winning D.C. as a uh, defensive coordinator. So, I'm happy to have Spags here. I think with the, this is his best unit he's ever had, and he's working them extremely well. And that's why our defense is playing lights out. Do I personally like the running back by committee? Well, I kind of mentioned this earlier. Eh, it's okay, but I prefer the hot hand. But the way that Andy is utilizing it, it's not so bad because you are mostly using Pacheco to kind of work the field. And um, you're having uh, McKinnon and uh, uh, Clyde more uh, into the uh, red zone goal line plays type stuff where are you more pass plays. And man, I want to see more blocks from Pacheco, man, that 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 pass that pass protection that he did was fucking phenomenal. What's your uh, biggest what's your biggest takeaway right now from the linebacking uh, room? Well, I think to be honest with you, I think they're the strongest uh, position on um, the defense. And I, I, the only reason why I say that is because of the players they have that are playing like Drew's good uh, in his spots. Nick's great in his spots. Willie's great in his spots. Leo's great in his spots. Like you're having everybody in that room play at a, at a high level. And I, I can't say, you know, the defensive line is playing great too, but you know, it's, it, it's Chris Jones and Carl Loftus and Dana right now and a mixture of FAU and the pressures. And, you know, you, you, and it's not every play, but 
most of the time, um, it's usually the more consistent position right now is the linebacking room. And that's what I'm more getting at is, is kind of that they're the more, I wouldn't say they're the best position on the defense right now. They're the more most consistent position right now on the defense. And that's because you're getting everybody's contribution and everybody's playing well, even Cam Jones and uh, uh, Cochran on special teams. All right. Uh, that was pretty much the questions. Uh, thank you guys for sending those mailbag questions in. I always appreciate those questions. We'll try to get those out every now and then whenever I do get a handful of them. Um, I try to collect a lot at a time if I don't get um, if I don't get as many in one uh, session or whatever. But um, that's pretty much the the preview episode. Uh, it's going to be an electric Sunday night. Taylor Swift's going to be there. Hope hope everybody's safe and not crazy and then, you know, go berserk because that's happening. Um, even though I guess you can't really, you know, can't really stop that. That's just how the world is. But. Chiefs are going to win 35-13. That's just what's going to happen. And we're going to roll on to be 5-0. and And we're going to roll into what we got Denver next week, I believe so. We got our first division game, I should say. So, yeah. It's – or no, no, no. We got Minnesota next week, I believe. That's that week five. But we're on to week four still. I haven't hit that yet. Sunday night football, 35-13. Your Kansas City Chiefs are going to take care of the New York Jets. And like I always say, the connect is always real.